Hello, everybody, and wow, welcome back to Misadventures with the Narcissist podcast. It has been a while, actually, I think about two and a half months since I last recorded the last episode, and I have been thinking of of what episode to record next. So I decided today to share with you what happened after the narcissist left and moved 900 miles away. So as you may remember from the last episode, or actually the episode before the last one, he got a job offer about 900 miles away, and he decided that he was going to take it. So today, we are going to talk about how that all went, what happened, where I'm at right now, and how things are going. But before I do that, I wanted to thank you once again for all of your messages your emails, your voice messages, for checking in on me, for listening to the podcast, for all of your support and sweet messages. Thank you so much. I so appreciate this little community that we have formed here. So thank you again for just showing up and listening to the podcast and for letting me know how you are enjoying it and all of that. So thank you once again. Now, here is what happened. So as you may remember, and I'm just going to recap very quickly, as you may remember, my ex-husband, the narcissist, quote unquote, got a job offer and he moved about 900 miles away to a different state. And he decided to take that job offer. And at first I freaked out. And then I realized that maybe this will be good for all of us. But quite frankly, I was really not sure what was going to happen, how I was going to feel, how the kids were going to react, or anything along those lines. So I wanted to kind of share what happened right before. So the few weeks before, I would say he got really, really quiet and he hardly communicated with me. He would only reach out with like the basic minimum of things that he needed to tell me, which was quite different from what had happened previous to that, because we were in communication almost every day, um, if not every day, multiple times per day to talk about the kids and logistics and all of that. So he kind of stopped communicating. And I, at first I was a little confused and I felt, wow, what's going on? And then I realized, and this is just my interpretation of it. I realized that I think he did that because he wanted to stay low key. He wanted to make sure that he didn't rock the boat with anything, wanted to make sure that I wouldn't, um, have an issue with anything that he said that I wouldn't, Um, quote unquote, freak out about what was happening. And he kind of just lay really low. And I got a taste of what it's like to not communicate with him on a daily basis. And at first, of course, it was weird. And then I got used to it. And then I kind of started to enjoy it. And I thought, wow, this is kind of nice. You know, I don't have all the daily stress that I used to have because of him. So that's how that went down. And then when he left, the interesting thing is that the day he decided to stay until we celebrated our kids' birthdays, which I thought was really nice. So my kids all have birthdays in May and June, about three, four weeks apart. 
maybe three weeks apart. And he said, I'm not moving until we celebrate all their birthdays and then I can go ahead and move. So I thought that was really nice. The kids had nice birthday celebrations and he moved the day after my daughter's birthday. But here's the interesting thing. And I think this is a bit more of a metaphor than I realized in the beginning when this was happening that the day he moved is also the day that I moved. So I can't remember if I shared this in a previous episode, but I had to move again. I moved once in February due to a moldy house, and then I had to move again in June, also due to a moldy house that my landlord did not want to fix. So he kind of kicked me out, told me to get out. He's not fixing anything. So I had to leave. And the interesting thing is that the new place that I found happened to be open for me to move in the same exact day that the narcissist left as well. So my kids and I moved into our new house on um, on Monday morning. And then on Monday afternoon, my ex-husband came to say goodbye to the kids and he came to my new house. It was his first time there. And he kind of said his, his goodbye to the kids, totally ignored me, pretend like I was not even there. <laughs> which I'm not surprised, honestly. And he said goodbye to the kids, gave them all hugs, and then looked at me, kind of nodded his head and left. Did not say one word to me, did not say anything, didn't do anything except for nod his head as he was in my doorway and left. Now, I had a lot of mixed emotions about his reaction or his leaving. And again, I feel like he was trying to stay as low-key as possible. But if I'm really honest, I was really hurt. I felt like here I am being or being, I don't want to say being left with my kids because I don't want to portray the, I guess, the... I don't know, the feeling that he left, even though he left, but I don't, I didn't want to feel that way. I didn't want that energy of him leaving to kind of overshadow everything. So I, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. I think I was expecting at least, um, Hey, thank you for taking care of our children for the next eight years while I'm out working and doing me. Of course, he's not going to say that. Who's going to say that? But honestly, I was expecting a thank you. I was expecting, um, hey, let me know how I can support you. Hey, if anything comes up, call me. Let me know. I want to make sure that I'm still involved in the kids' lives. I was expecting something more than just him nodding his head and walking out my door. And I didn't get any of that. And at this point, I'm so used to being treated the way he treats me that I have learned to just let things go to kind of just let things roll off my shoulders and not take it personally, not pay any attention to it. And sometimes it still hurts or stings for a little bit. And then I just take a deep breath and I let it go. So that is how he left. And since he's left, we have barely been in communication. We had a bunch of phone calls with our mediator to try to find out or to try to figure out how much he owes in child support or a schedule with the kids for the next year, who's going to pay for what, how much he's going to pay, how much I'm going to pay, where the kids are going to spend their vacations and holidays and all of that. And 
it's been interesting. <laughs> um, and I mean that in a good way, because one thing that I did not realize that would happen in terms of how I felt was how much less stressed and clear and confident and just at peace I was going to feel. And ever since he left, we've been, as I said, communicating very little. He only reaches out maybe once a week, if that. Mostly he communicates with the kids because he got all of them a cell phone and he talks to them, I'm not sure, a few times a week, uh, maybe a little more than that. But with me, we only talk when it's absolutely necessary. And my kids ended up going to visit him in his new state a couple of weeks ago. So, <clears throat> excuse me, we talked a little bit then, but we haven't been in touch. And at first I felt a lot of emptiness. I felt like, wow, he's really forgotten about all of us. He's really just really moved on, right? Like he is done. He's moved on. I don't really exist anymore. And of course that's not the case, right? Of course, that's not what happened, but that is how I felt initially. And after a few days of that, I started to feel a lot of peace and a lot of just quiet in my head and very, well, how I, I can't even describe it, but it just felt like the, the fight or flight that I had in my body for all of these years just kind of left. And I think I, I titled this episode, this podcast episode, if I can gift this one thing to everyone who is dealing with narcissistic abuse, it would be this. It would be to have the narcissist out of your life, <laughs> um, at least out of your day-to-day -day life. Some people will say no contact because that is what you're supposed to do. But obviously when you have kids, you can't fully go no contact. So I really wish that I can gift the narcissist out of every narcissistic abuse victim's life because it has been so life-changing, so transformative, so exactly what I needed in order to move ahead and to heal and to claim my power back. And I don't want to say this in a way where he kind of gave me permission to do this or he gifted this to me because it's not that. And I could have claimed this a long time ago. I could have claimed my, I, I don't know. I could have, uh, what am I trying to say? I could have cut the cord with him energetically a long time ago. And I have tried many, many times, but it was so difficult when he was still in my day-to-day -day life, when he was using the kids to manipulate me every time he had them in the weekends. It was kind of impossible to not be involved with him, even though it was obviously not the same way when we were involved and we were married, but I just could not ever escape him. And when he left and he moved, it was finally the first time in, I think, I don't know, 17 years, 18 years, <laughs> where I did not have to see him, to talk to him, to be around his energy, and to just be free. And it has been amazing. I honestly thought I was going to break. I thought I was going to collapse. I thought I was going to crumble under the pressure of being a single stay-at-home mom 
with my kids by myself. And yes, there are hard times. There are some difficult times. There are times where I wish I had some space and some time, and I don't have that anymore. But the freedom that I have gained from having him out of my life has been just life-changing and incredible. And I truly feel that I am finally on my way to healing, that I have finally broken so many of the bonds that I was being attached to him with. I feel like my life literally is changing and has changed since he left. And I wish that everybody can get that as a gift. I know it's impossible for so many of us because we're still co-parents. We still have to work with the narcissist. We still have to co-parent. We still have to do a lot of things. But it if you can somehow, I guess my message that I'm trying to say is that if you can somehow break free in your mind emotionally and mentally from the narcissist and pretend that they don't exist, pretend that they're not there, pretend that they are not in your life. It can be life-changing. And now I know what all of the experts mean by going no contact in order to heal. And while I still do have contact, it is so minimal that it it's almost no contact. And the interesting thing is that we didn't talk for maybe the first week or so after he left. And then he sent me a message because he found out from my children that I have started dating. And I did not tell him I was dating anybody. I have not dated anybody in about three years. And I had zero plans on telling him that I was dating. And my my kids met the guy that I'm dating and they decided, and it was the same night that they were having a phone call with my ex and they decided to tell him that, oh, mom is on a date tonight. And the next day that, and I didn't tell them to tell him anything. I didn't tell them not to tell him, but the next day he texted me and he said, Hey, can we talk? Um, can we talk on the phone for a second? I have something important to share with you. And I said, sure. Um, what, you know, what is it about? Oh, actually, before I even say that, I wanted to say, so when I got his message, when I saw his text message pop up and I have a special message um, tone, I guess, is that what it's called? I have like a special ring that pops up when he sends me a message and I have a special ring for my kids and my sister and a bunch of other people that I communicate with regularly. So that way I know who's texting me when I can get to my phone. Um, but anyway, I had this special beep for him that would beep anytime he would send a message. So after not hearing that beep for almost a week, when his message came through and I heard, you know, the little ding, uh, my body immediately, without even seeing the message, just hearing that ding, my body immediately tensed up. I went immediately into fight or flight. I kind of was just like getting ready to be attacked, getting ready for war, basically. And in that moment, I realized how much his presence has been affecting my nervous system and my whole being and my body. And when I heard that beep, I was like, oh my God, yes, that that's his beep. I know. <laughs> when I talk to him, that something is going to go wrong, something's going to happen, I'm going to be stressed out. And 
I heard that beep. And as I said, my whole nervous system just went in immediately into fight or flight. And then I saw his message and I said, sure, we can talk. And then um, I said, but what is this about? And he wouldn't tell me, didn't tell me what it's about. He said, when you're free, call me. So I said, sure. I called him and he said, <laughs> um, he said, so the kids have told me that you've been dating. How come you didn't tell me? And I said, well, because my dating life is honestly none of your business. And I had no intention of telling you. And then he said, well, remember three years ago when you dated the last guy you dated that we had a conversation and we decided that we were going to tell each other first before telling the kids that we're dating someone and we were going to meet the other person's boyfriend or girlfriend before we told the kids anything and that we were going to have to approve of the other person that the other person was dating. So now that is not exactly what happened. Um, the last time I dated someone three years ago, he also found out from my kids and he also got upset that I didn't tell him. And he said, I would prefer if you tell me and if we keep each other in the loop when we're dating someone. So that way we're not surprised buy it from the kids. And I said, sure, that's fine. We can do that. Now, there was nothing about getting approval. There was nothing about, um, you know, this was going to be the rule. It was just like, I would prefer if you did this. So when I started dating this new guy, um, I had, didn't tell him because it was right before he was moving. I didn't think he would be around anymore. And honestly, I, like, as I said before, I had zero interest in telling him that I was dating someone. So he was upset and he started, you know, saying you're so you've gone back on your promise. This is the third time this has happened, which it's not, it's the second time. Um, and the first time we had never talked about it. And this is not something that I wanted. This is something that he demanded. And I said to him, I said, well, you're not in the picture anymore. You're not in my day-to-day -day life. Why would I tell you? And what would you do, right? Like, would you want to meet this guy over Zoom? Would you want to schedule a phone call with him? Like, what would be the purpose of me telling you that I'm dating someone? And he just kept on saying, you broke your promise. You're not reliable. Again, blaming me because he was upset that I didn't tell him. So I, after him yelling at me for about 10 minutes, I said, look, I don't, and I, I never would have said this to him before ever. I, I don't stand up really for myself in this way with him and never have. But for some reason, I felt like it was the right time. And I said, look, my dating life is honestly none of your business. I had no plans on telling you. I have no intention of having you meet the person that I'm dating. And you're not even in the same state. You're 900 miles away. So I don't understand why you need to meet this person. And he said, well, I want to make sure, you know, that is going to be someone the kids are safe around. And, you know, I guess I understand, right? Like I, I understand that when someone else comes into your life and they meet your kids, it, it affects, it affects the dynamics. It changes things. It brings in a new energy. And yes, I think it would be nice if in an ideal world, we can all get along. We can all meet each other. We can make sure we're on the same page, right? That would be super nice. And I would like that of him when or if he meets someone who he's serious with. But 
not if he's out of state, not if he's not in my daily life, not if he's not in the kids' lives anymore. And I don't know, he just was insisting. So I said, I have no interest in talking to you about this, which is something that he has done to me many times when I try to bring something up. And um, I said, I am not discussing my dating life with you. I'm never going to do that. And if you have anything else you'd like to say, that's fine. But we are not going to be discussing the person that I'm dating with you anymore. And he said, fine. And he hung up the phone. So we haven't talked about it ever since. But it was just this other interaction where, again, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't. um, I, I just. I was just going about my daily life. And even from 900 miles away, he was still trying to have a foot in my door, trying to direct my life, trying to make sure he knows what I'm doing, make sure he knows everything, all under the guise of I'm doing this to protect my children. And it, I I don't know, I felt really proud of myself for standing up for myself. And the interesting thing, here's what's interesting, because I have a friend who also one of my closest friend who also went through a divorce and her husband was a narcissist or her ex-husband was a narcissist and he got married right away and she wanted to meet the woman that he was going to marry and he refused and he said no and her children were going to be moving in with this woman and her ex-husband and she really wanted to know who this person was that her children were going to be living with and her ex-husband basically said no so And I remember her and I went out to lunch and she was heartbroken. She was like, I can't believe that he would do this. I have a right to know who my children are around. And I remember her story when I was telling my ex-husband, no, he could not meet my children. So it felt a little weird because I know how it feels from the other side. I know how heartbroken my friend was that she has absolutely no communication with the spouse of her, the new spouse of her ex-husband. And for a second, I thought, am I doing the same thing? Like, am I being rude? Am I being mean? And then I realized that under normal circumstances, I think it's absolutely a good idea for everybody to know everybody else. But when you're dealing with a narcissist who is trying to constantly sabotage everything, who tries to just create havoc, it's just not a good idea to get someone else involved. So I wanted to share that because some of you may be in a similar situation and you may have, you know, you may have to act one one way or the other, but I think every case is different. Every situation is different and you have to do what's right for you. So yeah, it's, it was a hard decision, but I've decided that my dating life is none of his business, but obviously he's still going to find out everything through my children because they tell him everything. So he still kind of knows what's going on, but at least I'm not talking to him about it. Um, so, so yeah, that felt really great to say that, to kind of put a boundary and say that this is something that I am not willing to discuss. And I just have felt so much stronger, so much more confident, so much better, and so much more at peace since he has not been in my life. Now, it's been a little bit since I've talked to him. We did have to talk an email because we had to go to mediation and we had to figure out um, money and all of that. But the interesting thing is that we spent two, hour in media- two hours in mediation 
at $300 an hour. <laughs> and we had set basically how the next year was going to look in terms of schedules and finances and parenting time and all of that. And then he changed it and he was acting like we never talked about it. So we had to get on the phone and I swear he just does this to make me, to drive me crazy because I said, do you not remember when we talked to the mediator about what was going to happen in the summer? And he's like, well, just because we talked about it doesn't mean it was final. Um, and okay, <laughs> which is not true because the mediator said, okay, this is what are you both agreeing to? And she sent us a list of things. And we both said, yes, we agree. And then so he changed that. He changed what happens over the summer. He changed how much money he was going to send me. And at one point, um, the mediator said, you know, this is how much you have to send for the kids every month. And he totally agreed to it. And then I asked him, you know, where's the money? It's been since June. He still has not sent me anything. And the money's adding up. And I know I know exactly what's going to happen. He's going to say he doesn't have it and he can't send it, which is what has already happened. He said, I can only send you $800 a month because um, that's how much I have. Now, $800 a month would be great if you had only one child. But when you have three children, <laughs> that's about like $270 for child support per month. So he's basically agreed or told me that he can only pay 270 something dollars per child per month for me or for his half of the parenting, which is just absolutely crazy. No one can live on $270 a month, let alone a teenage child who needs food and clothing and all of that. And it's just ridiculous. I mean, we're still going through negotiating all of that, but I've just learned that, and I've known this before, but, and I'm not surprised with any of this, but he's unreliable. He will say one thing and do another. He will commit to something and then back out and say that he never committed to it. He will waste my time talking to a mediator and paying a mediator for two hours. And then we had to do it again for another two hours and he was an hour and a half late to that meeting, um, which was obviously we still had to pay for. And it's just been a bit of a mess with the mediation. And maybe I'll do a whole episode around that. Um, so I don't necessarily need to go into all of that now. But everything he has committed to, he did not agree to or he changed his or everything he's agreed to he's later changed his mind and said he never said that and never agreed to it and then when i show him the email when i said well look you have agreed to it he will say where well, it wasn't final which is just still drives me crazy but i think i now have a perspective where i can literally take a step back and truly see him for who he is i think up until now, I definitely saw lots of bits and pieces of who he was. But until he was truly gone out of my life, out of my daily life, I did not really see the impact that he had on me, my mental state and how wrapped up I have been and how my nervous system has been under his um, under his energy and, and having to interact with him. And I just cannot even, I know I've said this before, but I just cannot even describe the amount of peace <laughs> that my nervous system is feeling at the moment 
knowing that he is not here, that he can show up on my doorstep any second, that he can't, that I'm not going to get a phone call from him, that one of my kids were hurt, or I'm not going to get a phone call from him in the weekends when he had the kids that, um, that he's gone and they don't know who he is or that they're fighting with him or all of the phone calls that I used to get almost every single weekend from my kids and from him and all of the texts reprimanding me for, and treating me like a child, all of those texts are gone. And it has been amazing. It has been life-changing. It has been transformative. And I so wish that every single one of you can have this as a gift from your narcissist. And while I know it's not realistic for many of us because they still live in the same space or in the same um, place and you still have to co-parent, if there is anything you can do to truly break away and do as much no contact as possible, I think it's going to be life-changing. So that is where I'm at today. I um, it, And having said all that, it has been a really hard summer <laughs> because I have had my kids full-time. I have not had a second to breathe or to record any episodes or even to work or do anything, but it's okay. It's okay. It was all worth it. I am here now. I am recording now. My kids are all back in school. I hopefully will have more time to be more regular with these episodes. And next week, I want to talk about dating after narcissistic abuse. So now that I've started dating again, after taking a three-year break, I've also dated before. I think it's important to share what happens in my dating life. So Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope this gives you an idea where I'm at right now. And if you're not subscribed, make sure to subscribe so you can get the next episode and get a notification and be the first to listen to it. And yeah, thank you for being on this crazy journey with me. And I will see you all in the next episode. Bye.